the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The U.S. warns Russia may invade Ukraine this week. Military action could happen any day. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invokes the Emergencies Act to quell vaccine protests there. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. Special Counsel John Durham implicates Hillary Clinton's campaign in a new legal filing. We have to get to the truth. I mean, this is a threat to our democracy itself. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, February 15th. I'm Mike Scott. Ongoing tensions in Ukraine. U.S. officials are warning Russia could launch an invasion as soon as next week, but are holding out hope diplomacy can prevail. At the Pentagon, Press Secretary John Kirby said Russian President Vladimir Putin may order military action soon. We have uh, said for a while now that military action could happen any day. Um, and you heard from the National Security Advisor uh, making it clear that it, it, it certainly could happen before the end of the Olympics, uh, maybe even this week. Kirby went on to say that Putin continues to grow the Russian military presence along the Ukrainian border. Over the course of the weekend, Mr. Putin has added military capability along that border with Ukraine and in Belarus. Um, he is exercising his, uh, some of his units on the ground there in the south, as well as his naval units in the Black Sea. So he continues to add to his readiness. He continues to give himself more options uh, should he pursue a military path here. At the White House, Deputy Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre addressed issues with Ukraine, admitting that while Russia may invade soon... The U.S. is working to reach a diplomatic solution. We are actively working uh, to reach a diplomatic solution to de-escalate the crisis. Over the weekend, as you all know, the president uh, spoke with with, uh, President Putin, and we remain engaged uh, with the Russian government in full coordination with our allies and partners. The path for diplomacy remains available if Russia chooses to engage constructively. Jean-Pierre went on to say that whichever path President Putin takes, the U.S. will be ready. It remains unclear which path Russia will choose to take. The U.S. is ready uh, for any uh, situation. You know, President Biden has made it very clear on his call with Putin this weekend that if Russia undertakes a further invasion of Ukraine, the United States, together with our allies and partners, will respond decisively and impose swift and severe costs on Russia. Joining Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano says, if you want to know why this is happening in Ukraine, look no further than the White House. God forbid the shooting ever starts in Ukraine. When people ask why there's a crisis in Ukraine, you know, the answer is very simple. It's because Joe Biden is president of the United States. They never tried anything like this under Trump. 
Biden came in office, he organized and directed one of the worst military operations in modern history. Who thinks that Putin wouldn't challenge him after that? You have a president who is political through the entire Afghan crisis, was more worried about explaining away his failures than dealing with the crisis. Um, he has an, a, an uncontrolled southern border. He won't even protect America's own interests. Uh, and, he, and, he, and he just makes excuses for that. Um, you know, why would not Putin test the president? I'd say. When asked what Putin's motivation is, Carofano had this to say. At some point in the last decade, Putin just decided that that the West was never going to be whole, free, secure and prosperous. And that that this this was a skeleton to pick over. And and now he's decided that's what he's going to try to do. However, Carafano warns that while everyone's eyes are on Ukraine, we should also pay attention to the White House's dealings with Iran. We're all talking about Ukraine and Afghanistan. Nobody's talking about the Iran deal. Look what they're doing at the Iran deal. They literally have admitted that they cannot craft an Iran deal that will stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, yet they are still deeply engaged in this deal. And they've got the Russians negotiating for them. And the deal they're going to do is we're going to give Iran everything it wants and hope that because that we have done that, yeah. they'll be nice to us and not uh, build a bomb. Turning an eye north of the border to Canada. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he's invoking rarely used federal powers to try and quell protests by those angry over COVID-19 restrictions. In a press conference, Trudeau said entering into the third week of what he called illegal blockades, some protesters are not at all peaceful. We're entering the third week of illegal blockades that have been disrupting the lives of too many Canadians. Here in our capital city, Families and small businesses have been enduring illegal obstruction of their neighborhoods. Occupying streets, harassing people, breaking the law. This is not a peaceful protest. Trudeau went on to allege that police need help to enforce the law. With each illegal blockade, local law enforcement agencies have been acting to keep the peace within their jurisdiction. Despite their best efforts, it is now clear that there are serious challenges to law enforcement's ability to effectively enforce the law. Invoking the Emergencies Act, Trudeau says he's doing so to supplement law enforcement. Today, to continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus, after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. He went on to say that invoking the Emergencies Act does not mean he is suspending, he believes, fundamental rights or calling in the military in Canada. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies 
at all levels across the country. Mask on, mask off. Yet another state is dropping its indoor masking requirement with the news that California's indoor mask mandate will end Wednesday, 12.01 a.m. for vaccinated people. The news comes as a relief for some, but others see politics at play. Selena Zito, national political reporter for the Washington Examiner, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss that we are in a battle between insiders and outsiders and how it connects to mask mandates. Explaining, Zito says that fighting mask mandates is not about left or right. It's about insiders versus outsiders. What is going on in this country right now, and, and I still believe this um, even in the, after the results of 2020, if you looked at the results of 2020 down ballot, we are in a very inside-outside moment. It's not really left-right. How do the mask mandates play into politics? Because of the way they have handled uh, their position of power, in particular over this uh, pandemic, has pushed a lot of people who normally wouldn't be center-right towards the center. And it has made, and it has sort of galvanized people away from the um, insiders. And, and I think we are going to see that result in our elections. We've already saw them throughout 2021. Uh, and I think and, and we're going to see them in this, in this year's election as well. Zito says that seeing celebrities unmasked at sporting events like the Super Bowl was a slap in the face to regular Americans. It was just a complete disregard for anyone that was lesser than them. I mean, you could just smell the, the distaste that the um, insiders have for the outsiders. Of course we are able to not wear masks. Of course you have to wear masks. It was so just, was the arrogance was just palpable. Zito points out that Americans are not buying what insiders in power are selling when it comes to mask mandates anymore, but says insiders don't want to believe it. And what blows my mind is that they still believe that, that people are going to just follow along like sheep. A new legal filing from special counsel John Durham says Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign paid an Internet company to infiltrate servers at Trump Tower and the Trump White House. Daybreak Insider correspondent Bob Agnew has details. The filing says the Clinton campaign infiltrated the servers in order to create the impressions of links between Donald Trump and Russia. Special Counsel Durham has filed a motion in connection with Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman, who allegedly lied when presenting documents supposedly linking Trump to a Kremlin-owned bank just prior to the 2016 election. Former President Trump says the document, quote, provides indisputable evidence that my campaign and presidency were spied on by operatives paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign in an effort to develop a completely fabricated connection to Russia. Bob Agner reporting. Representative Mike Turner of Ohio says it doesn't matter what campaign was behind the infiltration. It's just plain wrong. We have to get to the truth. I mean, this is a threat to our democracy itself. It doesn't matter really which political campaign this is or which political party this is. This is so wrong. 
Senator Marsha Blackburn has placed a hold on the House passed stopgap spending bill over a controversial grant program, a move that could complicate the legislation's passage in the Senate as the Friday deadline looms. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett has more. The Tennessee Republican said in a statement last week that she placed a hold on the continuing resolution over allegations that the $30 million grant program under the Department of Health and Human Services aimed at reducing the risk of substance abuse was distributing drug paraphernalia. The move followed a report by the Washington Free Beacon that the program would fund the distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts, a claim the Biden administration denied. The hold could stall the bill's passage by requiring more procedural steps than if it had unanimous consent, and the opposition of Blackburn or other Republican senators could prompt changes to the language of the legislation. Bernie Bennett in Washington. Hold on to your wallet. With the Federal Reserve contemplating a rate hike in March, Many economic experts forecasting an economic slowdown is on the horizon. Peter Bookvar of the Bleakley Advisory Group says that it's not if the rate increase will slow down economic activity, but to what extent? The question now is to what extent do these rate increases start to slow economic activity? Because we know the two things that drive stock prices being earnings and the multiple. Well, the multiple's contracted, but earnings estimates have not. And I have to believe that it'll be hard to avoid an economic slowdown with higher interest rates, and that at some point those earnings estimates will begin to fall. Bookvar, however, says that even if the Fed raises rates, we'll still be way below the rate of inflation. I think that what pressured gold and silver in 2021 was the belief either that inflation was transitory, which was not, and if it was, the Fed would be uh, aggressive in, in stamping it out. And I think what we realized that Even if the Fed raises five, six, seven times, they're still going to have interest rates below the rate of inflation. Therefore, real interest rates are going to remain deeply negative for a long period of time. The millennial in your life may need to find something else to put on their toast this morning. The U.S. government has suspended imports of Mexican avocados until further notice. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more. The suspension comes after a U.S. plant safety inspector in Mexico received a threat. The move shows the dangers posed by drug cartel turf battles and the extortion of avocado growers in western Mexico. Because the United States also grows avocados, U.S. inspectors work in Mexico to ensure exported avocados don't carry diseases that could hurt U.S. crops. A Democrat mayoral candidate in Kentucky's largest city appeared to be targeted in a shooting Monday but was not struck. The candidate, Craig Greenberg, said in a social media posting that my team and I are fortunately all safe and added thank you for the outpouring of support. Louisville Metro Police Chief Erica Shields says it appears the candidate was targeted. Greenberg and his staff were successfully ushered away from the building. And he um, was not struck um, in his person, although it does appear as though a round did strike a piece of his clothing. A suspect has been detained, but no motive discussed. And finally, for some, getting married on Valentine's Day means never forgetting your anniversary. Our Daybreak Insider love correspondent Julie Walker has more. Outside the courthouse in Manhattan, where weddings take place, couples like John Coe 
who wore white and carried a bouquet, and Will McCord were lining up to say, I do. Valentine's Day is a special day for us, right? Makes it easier for me. I won't, you know, forget. <laughs> so you know, I, I thought that, basically. Kill two birds with one stone. Ishmael McCormick, who was marrying Amira Guzman, knows how important it is to have a reminder. He showed up for his earlier appointment without an important document. Exactly. <laughs> that, that is true. Well. Yeah, that is true. Very easy to remember. Very easy Julie to Julie Walker, New York. <laughs> Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.